Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Yumiko's Shop Boutique page continues this month, bringing the joy of in-store pieces directly to you at home. Only a few releases are highlighted weekly at yumiko.com, but check with your local boutique for additional new summer options. And speaking of summer, Yumiko's 2020 floral collection is fully blooming. A variety of signature styles are florally layered with delicate fabrics for a classy and elegant yet colorful look. While quarantining in her Berlin flat, designer and founder Yumiko Takashima has also exclusively created a handful of surprise black label pieces to launch throughout the month. Be sure to stay connected at yumiko.com and at yumiko on Instagram. Conversations on Dance wants to let you know about a virtual dance benefit concert entitled We Dance for Art, coming up on Saturday, June 6th at 8 p.m. This event will raise money to support the Artist Relief Tree Fund, a grassroots organization that is fundraising to financially support freelance artists during COVID-19. Produced by Dance ED Tips and the Streamline Studio, this event will be live-streamed on Facebook and will feature 15 guest artists from various dance disciplines. While there is a goal to raise over $10,000 to donate for the Artist Relief Tree Fund, any contribution you offer will support the incredible people who enrich our lives with their contributions as artists. So tune in Saturday, June 6th at 8 p.m. at artistrelieftree.com slash wedance. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden, and you're listening to Conversations on Dance. This week, friend of the pod, Patricia Delgado, makes another appearance on Conversations on Dance to discuss teaching ballet class on Zoom. Patricia is a former principal dancer with Miami City Ballet and is now a faculty member at the Juilliard Dance Division. 
Join us for a chat about what it's like to teach dance digitally, troubleshooting some of the technical glitches with Zoom, and what tricks we have developed during this time as teachers. Hi, Patricia. Thank you for joining us for the last in our series regarding um, Zoom classes and how it's affecting dancers, both as teachers and students. Um, And you're back for your 75th appearance on Conversations on Dance, so we're really grateful for that. (laughs) Oh, you guys, I love being here with you guys. I'm such a fan. And every time I get a chance to talk to you guys, it makes me happy. So it's so much fun to have you always. (laughs) So tell us a little bit when we put out our call to discuss Zoom, you got in touch with us and said that you had a lot to share and we look forward to hearing from you about that. Tell us a little bit about the teaching that you were doing pre-pandemic and now moving into this Zoom world we live in now. Uh, so uh, one of the most like exciting things that's happened to me, I guess, in the past year is uh, I was asked to join the dance faculty um, at the Juilliard School. And I, it was for some reason like very uh, poignant. It was a very poignant moment for me because I've always been such a fan of the Juilliard dancers that I've met, you know, post-graduation and just being able to collaborate with them or watch them dance. And I've always just been intrigued by their well-rounded nature and open-minded approach to dance and life. And I've always just wondered like what four years of college and dance would have provided for me. And I know it's such a rare thing in the ballet world. Um, So I've just always been intrigued by the program. And when uh, Damien um, and Alicia started, um, you know, at the helm of the school, they reached out to me and I was just very honored. And we tried to like find a time in my schedule that I could just start teaching. And so I subbed for a little bit. at the beginning of this school year, so the 2019-2020 school year. So like August and then, or something. Mm-hmm. And then starting in uh, January, uh, I was there twice a week and I was getting to work with the seniors. And it was just like every class felt like this religious experience because mm-hmm. they're just all such um, – they're very grounded um, – artists and they have such a smart connection to the way they work and it's all very uh unique to each one of them like there's a unification in the class but there's also just so much care of what each individual wants to do and I just was very I it was hard to prepare a class because I would show up and I would just be like kind of caught by their different approaches I'd have them always do their own plies because it was just so organic and so free and it just set the tone of the class in such a um, open-minded way. And um, I was just very touched and moved by them and inspired. And I would never have imagined like this whole thing, like all of us to happen. So, you know, (laughs) when I finally started to- Should we do a group scream now? (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, it was, it just completely took us all off guard. And also how quickly we went from like teaching in the classroom to being virtual Mm -hmm. and teaching them uh, through Zoom. 
Yeah. And uh, Juilliard was one of like the first places to shut down, I remember, because we had um, done an interview and talked about Juilliard. And then it was like, oh, we can't publish it because they're shutting down like right now. And that was like before we even knew like what that meant or what that could be. So and that must have been kind of disappointing for you because you were just starting to be there regularly. Yeah. When I felt just so connected to these dancers and I just felt for them like, what that means in your senior year to all of a sudden just have to like pack up and go home. Mm-hmm. And I, and we didn't even know it would be as long, you know, they just did their uh, graduation and the commencement and it was just mm-hmm. really moving. And we've all adjusted to this fairly quickly when right. you think about how drastic it has been, but just the initial thought wasn't that it was going to be long-term, you know, it's like, Oh, we need to do zoom classes for two weeks. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, I've really, I really felt for the, the seniors particularly because it's just this culmination of oh, so many so years. Were you teaching just technique with them or also point? What were you? Yeah. Yeah, just ballet class. Um, and, you know, it was interesting because you – I've always either taught students – um, ballet or point and summer programs or summer intensives and, uh, or, you know, sporadically throughout the city, I started teaching a little bit, but, uh, teaching like a group of Juilliard seniors was its own. Um, it, it was an, it, in, it belongs in its own realm of what a ballet class is. And I remember just wanting them to warm up their bodies and, have a freeing approach to ballet versus like the, you know, all the standards, all the rules, all the aesthetics, all the like levels of perfection that we're always trying to attain. I kind of like put that out of my mind and I was like, let's just move, let's get warm. Let's Mm -hmm. think about our placement, our technique. But um, it was interesting to like shift my approach about like closing your fists. And (laughs) um, (laughs) we talked a lot about opposition, Mm -hmm. which was, Mm -hmm interesting they really responded well to that and um and a little more of a performative way of taking a ballet class versus just like a centering way mm-hmm. internal way exactly so yeah I, I i'm still sad <laughs> to just, be honest we're just always we're all the three of us are so same pagey always i feel <laughs> yeah because i just like i was in class yesterday and those were really two things that i just kept saying over and over but like you know to make it a little bit more performative sometimes, not that you're like, you know, living or emoting in a, in that way, but Mm-mm. that if you're, um, you're not like really moving expansively, if you're not thinking of mm-hmm. like the viewer and you're just like internalizing everything. Right. Yeah. And, and beyond even just a viewer, like how it feels in your own body, mm-hmm. right. To like engage in the space and engage with everything around you versus just like looking at your own physical mm-hmm. self in your alignment in. Um, and, you know, the mirror can be a distortion that makes everyone kind of back away from it mm-hmm. versus like, you know, looking be- beyond it. So um, it's fun to explore that with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when were the students able to um, rejoin you in, in the Zoom sphere? Well, it immediately it became um, kind of this 
uh, optional but mm-hmm. in- encouraged class that was offered once a day uh, around one or I mm-hmm. think noon or 1 p.m. It shifted. Um, and it was available to everyone in the dance program. Mm-hmm. So, so how many now, people is that? I mean, probably more than 50, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe between seventy-five to a hundred people. Okay, yeah, that's a lot. Don't quote me on that, but I, I mean, sure. it was offered to that many, you know, right. mm-hmm. and and it was this very interesting wave to like watch emotionally because, you know, the first few classes there were a lot of not so many seniors, but a lot of freshmen, sophomore, mm-hmm. um, juniors, and they I didn't really know them, so I was teaching like a group of students that I hardly knew. Mm-hmm. It was very hard. And I think everyone was trying to figure out the music mm-hmm. and, you know, how you go and see all the pages and should you demonstrate the combination with them while they're dancing or should you watch and give corrections? Mm-hmm. I mean, there was just 100 questions that mm-hmm. I had and I would get really nervous right before the class. Like, <laughs> just like, it, it was just this adrenaline. And then, mm-hmm all these people are looking at you and you're just like, this sucks. Like, I know this is horrible. Like, where are you guys? Are you home? But at the same time, there was always a sense of like community and everyone just coming to the screen and just saying, hi, Hi. (laughs) let's do plies. I, you know, I thought about Edward because I remember there were just so many moments like September 11th or, you know, issues with, SARS. Remember there was like a SARS outbreak and we were Doesn't supposed to go on a tour, but quaint now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was nothing yeah. at the time, but I, I remember thinking whatever the company meeting was, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden when it was time to dance, it was like, well, we always have plies. Mm-hmm. And it's, it was always this like thing that just like, let's take time to connect mm-hmm. to self whatever space you're in, whatever floor you're on, just move your body. Mm-hmm. And so there was this like uh, compassion, generosity, very uh, patient environment for the hour that we were dancing. I gave very little corrections. I realized I couldn't talk over the music because it would cut in and out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, let's, let's talk about some of the things you've adapted to, because I'd like to okay. kind of go through that and hear some of the things, because you just listed all the challenges that we're all having. Right. <laughs> and then <laughs> it would be great to hear some of the things that you have adjusted to. So starting with technology, um, what do you feel like, you know, people do, having different technology, a phone, iPad or computer, people getting kicked in and, co- you know, kicked out and then coming back in that sort of thing, or that like lack of easy communication? What are some of the things you've done to kind of combat those issues? I definitely found my computer to be the best option. Mm-hmm. You can see the most amount of squares <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I found that if it was quiet in my apartment, I could definitely, um, as long as I projected, I could step far enough away so that everyone could see my full body. Right. And mm-hmm. in, when I demonstrated and I, if I spoke high enough, they could also hear me. Uh, and I would just use my phone with a Spotify playlist that I had created um, for my music. And I would put the phone like right by the computer mm-hmm. and attempt to like feed everything in through the speakers of the computer, but not the share screen. I never did that. The one time I did the shared screen, 
Nobody liked. <laughs> let's let's talk. Let's talk about that because we did get some people writing in suggestions with that, and that's something that I've been doing, and I think it's been working well. I've gotten good feedback about it. So there is a way that you can hit share screen at the bottom of Zoom, and then you click advanced, and you can share just your computer's sound, um, which I've found to be slightly more helpful because it doesn't cut your voice out in the same Mm -hmm. way. Zoom is very advanced in the way that – if someone's talking, it cuts out the background noise. But if the background noise is the music, that kind of becomes a little bit of a challenge. So that's one tip that a lot of people wrote in to us about. And I've been using myself and has been, I think, helpful. Can, can I, I want to ask, when you do yeah. the shared screen, mm-hmm. do you still talk over the music or do you try to not speak when the music is playing? So I do, but we've I've gotten some feedback on that as well. I don't think that the music goes away, but I do think that I will be saying, like, I'll be trying to count with the music the way I hear it, and that doesn't work. We, I just learned that last week when Rebecca and I taught together. And, like, actually, I'm, it's so embarrassing because I've just been teaching. I've just been tormenting my children without knowing because they're all, you know, they're being good Delayed. students. They don't, they're not going to be like, Mr. Right. Breeden, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, then, but I, I t- so I told them like I because I went back to my old ways at first, and then I was like, oh no, like in in plies on whatever day it was after Rebecca and I had taught, and we learned that like how off we could be sometimes when you're counting, and so we you know we we're like okay, so now no more counting, and then I started doing it in plies, and then I, I confessed to the kids that I finally found out, and I was like, was that what was happening a lot? And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but we're all learning. Yeah. You know? And what I yeah. also find is that people, I've also been a student in many Zoom classes. And Which I'm just very helpful, forgiving. Though, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, you know, if if the music is cutting out, but the teacher is giving me a correction, I'm sort of like just happy to get some feedback mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. remember like little details, um, even though, you know, the environment is so different from a ballet studio. Right. So I I do feel like there's a an acceptance and a, a patience level with mm-hmm. student-teacher relationship that's actually quite amazing. And just how much um, how much we've had to adapt to so fast, and yet technology can only get us so far. We just have to realize that it's not going to be. It can't replace it that is. experience. Yeah. Yeah. F- no, fun no. fact. Um, word on the street is that there's a certain company that they're trying to stage a Valentine ballet via Zoom right now. <laughs> How do you do that? I don't it's know. All about Can you music. imagine? <gasps> so th- that's interesting that you bring that up because that was another issue that I had. I find that my tendency when I'm giving a class is to play with rhythms mm-hmm. and, you know, to use syncopations at the bar, like mm-hmm. I, you know, do it once this way and then do it double time the next time around. Or, and I, I just feel like the more systematic and the more kind of like simple the combinations were, the more the dancers got, the students got mm-hmm. uh, warm and got a better mm-hmm. class out of it because it, Zoom is almost like, it's not nuanced for musicality. Right. No. And so there's no no way of helping them figure out the music and there's no way of seeing if they are on the music. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I kind of sort of adjusted that and tried to do yeah. a little more basic 
So I've been powering through with my musicality just because I feel like we were, I was with my students. I, I just start, I started teaching in August with them full time. So it's hasn't been too long. And I just really felt like we were getting somewhere and I don't want to like totally pull that away from them. So I don't know if what I'm doing is working, but what I did try this week, I did make adjustments to Michael after you and I taught is I played the music before the combination so they could hear it. Then I stopped it and I was like, that's our music. And then I would sing the steps like the music, thinking like my singing and words are coming out in the Uh same pattern. And then I demoed it with just the music playing, not saying anything. I don't know if that was synced because that's hard to tell, but... And then, but then it's like, I don't know if that even worked for them or not, but because I still I can't quite tell. That was but maybe. a very strong I, effort, Rebecca, that I stand. That's very smart. All of that. I'm like, why don't, I didn't even try to go there. <laughs> I think that's great, Rebecca. I'm sure that your students also just seeing you demonstrating it and hearing you sing to it by the time they're doing it, it got in their body. Yeah. I love I that. Because so. mm-hmm. I want to try to keep that with them, those fast tondus, because that's something that's so different and new for them. And I just feel like if they're still just like doing tondus in a quicker pace than they used to before, they're still getting something out of it, even if the musicality is not perfect. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. So Absolutely. that is definitely one thing that we got a lot on is the visual. Um, do you Are you also having issues with, and this is something for both of you, people who don't have enough space to maybe show their full body with the video. And that's, so I think you just have to get like, it's, you have to make, I don't know. I, I, I've had, there are some kids that I just know that that is it. And right. And then it becomes this weird, uh, you know, it, it could be so awkward for the kid. Like they're in a, it must feel embarrassing and weird. And cause there's some kids in there in a full that, studio. Yeah. And homes. like that must, that must feel but crappy. That has, that's been a shift too, because mm-hmm. at the beginning, everyone was just home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was something like even playing field, mm-hmm. everyone's either holding onto the kitchen counter or the living room right. or so. But now there's a, a range of capability mm-hmm. in your right. class. So that's a question all the teachers have been discussing. Like, do you teach to the person in the kitchen or do you teach to the person in that's the a more space? Studio that that's their interesting. Parents built how in their you, huge barn. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do you cater and how do you cater to people that have a Marley and that people right. that don't have a Marley? Um, but when you asked the question about, well, one thing I was wondering, like one thing oh, I've been asking video. my, my students to do is like, if they are close, obviously there's something they can do about that. They're, I'm sure their phone is or computers as far away as they can, but I ask them to change the angle so I can see their feet, like hips mm-hmm. and feet at bar at least. Um, just cause I feel like there's a little bit more you can correct that way. Like I have one girl that stand like stands always in front of this pole that's backlit. And I was like, if you stand in front of it, I can't see you just step yeah. forward a little bit. Then I can see you better. And I think, yeah. I don't know. I hope they appreciate that too. I had some kids that weren't filming their feet and it was actually really interesting because it made me realize I focus more on that. And then I was seeing like all these different um, placement issues with oh. their hips. And I was just like, oh, oh, I haven't been saying anything about this. So it was actually <laughs> kind of a good thing to, I think. Hone in on yeah. a specific part of the body. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. That's I, cool. I definitely feel like at first I wasn't correcting that much. I just mm-hmm. wanted to give kind of like a class. Mm-hmm. And there was just one day I remember feeling like I couldn't resist. And I like called someone out. I was just like called their name and, 
everyone rushed to the screen oh, to I see the correction. Mm-hmm. And it, I realized if, if you're just giving a class, it's like you're in this void mm-hmm. and no right. one in their own space knows if they're even being seen. Mm-hmm. And right. the minute you pinpoint someone and you mm-hmm. give that feedback, everyone lights up like, I could be the next person <laughs> to get right. the, to get She's some watching. attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and then I started even like saying out loud, like that was good, you know, uh, Kaylin, mm-hmm. or like, I mm-hmm. just, I would try to ax- use names, even if yes. I didn't know them very well, but pinpoint if I, if something was great so that people felt seen and present mm-hmm. and there was an actual exchange, which I was so shy to do early on and now I just feel like I do it freely mm-hmm. um isn't that one actual good thing about I mean zoom is great and that it's allowing us to do this at all but one thing that's better than real life though is when you're in it when you te- have you guys had to teach with um with people that you don't know yesterday I had a whole class full and it's just so great you just you know scroll your mouth Names over right and there. I'm like uh great job Allison on whatever <laughs> you know and right. that's nice yeah, yeah, and it feels yeah. personal and yeah, I like th- I I've, I've been doing that too. One thing I was wondering about giving corrections specifically cuz I have seen them the same thing. They walk, go to the screen, look to see whoever like Patricia's getting the correction. But I then I was wondering if they can even actually see that person because if you have like when I take class, I close everyone away and I just have like oh. the teacher on my screen. And then I was wondering like do they have to scramble to try to find Patricia on the screen? I don't know. They're I mean, probably it's still something not good scrambling to do. because Gen Z I, and they understand. They things. know exactly how to do it. You're right. You're right. <laughs> half the time, half the time, I was asking them, like, guys, how do I go to gallery view again? Like, they know. They, they know. Oh, it took me like ten times to figure that out. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> oh. That's true. That's a good great. point. They know yeah. all about it. You're right. You're right. I, I, think, I think over time, like, they also are going to get better at, like, what angle to put themselves mm-hmm. in. And, I've know, noticed that change, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you guys had your internet go out yet in the middle of class? Nope. Ooh. That is dark. I, guys, I, my internet's going out on the regular, <gasps> and it's happened two times during class. One of which was just like an MCB yoga class, which was fine. I mean, I felt bad, but it was not a big deal. And then another was like one I was getting paid for. And I was like, oh. I felt so bad. But they were just like, chill. Like, this is our lives right now. The Zoom shuts down sometimes. And I felt so, so bad. But thank God it was like the last five minutes. But talk about anxiety. Oof. I mean, but there are faculty meetings where whoever's t- talking all of a sudden their entire, their Wi-Fi is just unstable and they'll just give mm-hmm. us a heads up. Like you're going to lose me several times and Ugh. no one cares. Everyone's just like, this is the world. It's okay. Yeah. And we just have, have to, to just do what you be can like do. lighthearted about it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it went out, it went out. Hopefully you can get back in. Right. Yeah. So how have you been feeling about, like I had the very same experience. We all started this process. I'm sure Michael the same, like okay, this is like a couple weeks. We're going to like try this out, like whatever. And then it became like, oh, I have to like create almost like a syllabus, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're, we can't just like, we're not just doing this anymore to just move or stay in shape. Right. Like you, especially for your students, Patricia, because they're ready to enter the job sphere, you know? So how are you um, shaping, how is your approach in terms of what you're offering them evolved through this time? Okay, I'd say my favorite thing from this whole experience is that I walked into Juilliard. I had no idea what other teachers were doing. 
All I knew was what I was experiencing from the students in my class. And thanks to this period, you can actually, as a teacher, log in to the other faculty members' classes. So I've watched like Debbie Winger teach and Jeffrey Edwards Mm -hmm. and Francisco Martinez and Alicia, and I've taken their class Mm -hmm. and I realize how much I can kind of gain from the way they were approaching class. And one of the things that I really, I took and I'm going to continue to do, I think even when I'm back in the studio is, and it's similar to yoga and I'm curious what you're going to think, but, you know, setting an intention at the very beginning of class and because you can't talk as freely and correct throughout the class and you only have an hour and you're really trying to like keep it moving so that everyone feels a sense of like accomplishment accomplishment by the end you know yeah and I just found that like kind of giving a couple of thoughts and some days Mm -hmm. it was a very emotional one like let's all like open our hearts and connect to be on the screens because we're all feeling it but some days it was a very specific thing like uh where are your eyes looking Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the the language choice that so many faculty members use is always like very evolved it's not do this it's in a form of a question you know like um pay attention or ask yourself like where do you want to put your eyes in this Mm -hmm. moment so you feel active in your choice right and less like for me look here in arabesque, you know? And so I really was able to, I feel like learn uh, a different, a different teaching style, you know, and giving your students more freedom and um, making them choice makers Mm -hmm. in their own class versus it's about what the teacher says to do. Um, And then focusing on weight shifting and like majority of the combinations have some sort of like through line, like in a way, like a syllabus, Mm -hmm. like we're going to focus on transitions and Mm -hmm. we're not really traveling in the center. So how much can we travel at the bar, Mm -hmm. you know, because we're not preparing the body to travel in center. Um, And I thought of Willie a lot, like mm. pushing down mm. to go out. Really? And you move a lot at the bar. It's like you get yeah. you get going so early on at the bar, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I love. Yeah, I love that um, you said that about intention because I have been teaching a lot of yoga on Zoom and then ballet. But when we talked to Nancy Richer on the pod about Zoom classes, she said, you know, we were talking about not having the mirror and she was like, one of the things that I tell my students is like to dance from the inside out. Mm. And I loved that. And I was setting that like intention for us in yoga, but I really like that idea too of trying to create like a through line or a theme for the class. Like today you can't see yourself, but thinking about that, like coming from the inside out and how you Mm -hmm. feel inside and then that makes your body move one way or the other. That's nice. Uh, the other one that I was like needed to find for myself because mm-hmm. in where's the front, where's the back, mm-hmm. where's the side, like, and you know, I always loved Patrick Corbin always told us like use the 360 degree perspective. Mm-hmm. Like there is mm-hmm. no front, there is no back. It's all like you're, ah. you know, dancing in a 360 degree, but even that felt even more 
kind of like, where am I in space? Disorienting. Because, right. yeah, because even if you think about light, like quasi, epathe, mm-hmm. there's certain like diagonals, yeah. right? That, yeah. And so I would kind of express that option, like uh, find for yourself where your front is and try and stay consistent to that. You know, even if mm-hmm. it's just when you get to center, right. you know, that you pick a wall or pick a corner or pick something right. to be your point of reference mm-hmm. for, to get on your leg, to do pirouettes. It's like, where are you spotting? Like, where is, mm-hmm. um, so that was another intention that helped me at least. Yeah. Um, we, we've touched on this. You just brought up pirouettes and we touched briefly on the fact that you're kind you know, the faculty has been discussing who do you cater to the person with the at home studio or the one on tile floor holding on to the kitchen counter, what have you been doing to kind of adapt through those two scenarios? Well, I, I like to, I like to give a full class. Like it's like, even if the person can't really jump, well, there's, you could put two yoga mats or you can get on your rug or sneakers. some sort. I ask the kids sneakers. to put sneakers. Yeah, me too. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I think that Pushing. that's, you have to have support or we'll all end up more injured (laughs) uh, from this experience. But, you know, there's tricks like putting water on your flat shoes Mm -hmm. on tile floor or wood floor that helps instead of rosin, it's Mm -hmm. putting a little Mm -hmm. bit of water. Um, At first I was like, don't worry if you can't pirouette, just do a passe. But then Mm -hmm. after a while you're like, well, you want a pirouette. So how can we figure out how to do a pirouette? Right. Totally. Um, And just realizing that, sometimes you're going to dance on different surfaces. Sometimes you're going to be in a shoe that's more slippery. So instead of seeing it as, oh, this is horrible that I have to cope with this right now, see it as like, well, how can I learn to turn on a slippery floor? Because we have done some performances on really slippery floors. (laughs) And we had to, you know, you had to adapt quickly. And so just go with the flow versus, um, throwing your hands up and saying, forget it, you know, it's the pandemic, you know? So yeah, just getting creative with ways. I've done that too with the kids. When I do like a center combination, I do like waltz or something like that. And you can't really waltz far, but I like bend your body, you know, and they do. So Mm -hmm. they do. I said this, I think last week or so they do Nutcracker in two different locations. One's a bigger theater than one's a little bit smaller, but it's more in like, you know, it's in a different city. So I was like, it's just like that. Sometimes you just have no space between you and the girl in front of you. And like, you still have to move like you are moving big. You have to pretend that you have all this space. So let's play with that here. You know, it's like trying to find ways to Mm -hmm. make it a different thought process than just like, it's a pandemic. We're trapped, (laughs) you know? Another, another fun thing in that same vein is like, instead of doing, um, instead of traveling wide, doing it more times in a row. So mm-hmm. you can kind of get your heart rate mm-hmm. up instead of by using space side to side, go underneath yourself, but do it faster or do it, you know, oh, the tanu yeah. combination, do the tanu combination three or four times. Mm-hmm. You never do mm-hmm. that. You do it once, maybe so you do true. it again, but just to keep, let the music keep playing and keep going and you get tired, but you keep pushing. So it's other ways of um, accessing like a similar um, result, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. That's a good idea. Have you guys felt like you noticed any sort of like actual depreciation in technique? I don't think I have. 
I feel like, I especially since we're forced to do things like you were just talking about, like repeating combinations, um, it, I don't know, maybe they're actually getting stronger in some ways, but I, I yeah, it's like, it's not like I'm, I'm looking at the screen going, Ooh, like, wow, they need to get back in the studio. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I also, I feel like in a way for, it's different for students and professionals and, you know, different stages, but mm-hmm. this is a time to focus a little on the class. Like I feel like there were so many times in our careers that you were just so exhausted mm-hmm. and try, class kind of just felt like, how am I going to get myself ready for a day? You know, mm-hmm. but I feel like in a way there's so much time to recover from one moment to the next, from one class yeah. to the next that class becomes such a focus and right. you're, you're alert and you're ready to work and um, you can push as hard as you can because you don't even have, you have anything else, a series of rehearsals that, that follow. Um, but the other side of that is getting what I have noticed is frustration sometimes like class isn't the ultimate you know Mm -hmm. class is something that prepares you to perform or prepares you to do repertoire and if we get caught up now in the headspace of this is what defines me class and we forget that it's just a matter of training the body Mm -hmm. and that you know that medicine that time to explore your technique and your strength and your alignment and that will eventually pay off even though right now it may not feel like you're ever getting anywhere you know it feels like this um you're like Jeanette actually said it best she's like you know I feel like I finished and I'm like really that's it like no rehearsals to go to. No. So it feels like down instead of feeling like I did that. I did class. (laughs) And so it's like shifting your, the way you think about it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's true. If you have like a good class and then you have like good rehearsals afterwards, it's so good. It's like, it's so good. It's a good feeling, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I totally understand that. Yeah. I feel Jeanette on it. Cause I, I was taking bar every day, like, you know, usually six times a week. And it was, and then I just, it stopped sparking joy for me. And I, I, I'm just, I've been stepping away and just like, you know, I'm going to let that lay for a second and just let that yeah. lie for a second and just um, come back to it because I don't know. It should, it should like, because it is pandemic and because I am retired, <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know, it should just be something that one gets to enjoy because it is like it can be like what are you building towards it can feel like nothing uh i was taking olga kostritsky's class a couple times because she's got a, a group a zoom group going and she has like the complete other approach it's like one day that that rehearsal is going to go up on the board and you're going to be expected to perform and no one's going to say well i guess you've been sheltering at home like Poor you. You have an end space. <laughs> Everyone is going to expect. Yeah, everyone's going to expect you to go. So focus and train, and don't let yourself get down. And you know, depending on the day, that's hard to hear. But it actually was. I felt like as a teach, as someone who's teaching, I felt like that's actually a great way to encourage your students and to remind them, like, push through this period of like yeah. getting nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like you are getting somewhere. This is your body remembering what these positions are, mm-hmm. what this repetitive, you know, your muscles are remembering and like little things, like she said, like work on your fondues. Fondues are your jumps. Mm-hmm. Like 
do many fondues, mm-hmm. go deeper in the pliés, mm-hmm. l- stay longer in a balance, you know, just to build muscle strength mm-hmm. and muscle ligament, ligament memory versus performance joy, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. that was helpful to remember to encourage and keep the, yeah. the Hopefully. spirits up. Things are yeah. are improving bit by bit. New York City just got our our release date today. We're we're still. I didn't hear this. Yeah. So June eighth is the start of phase one. Phase one is not terribly exciting, but <laughs> I it's something you got to start somewhere. Um, and then the rest Your of the state part of part oh of phase. girl phase you're not in Florida yeah. Phase the phase one is like it's almost like okay is this not not what's happening already it's reach um, construction and manufacturing and then curbside pickup retail so it's like just at least that's good for some businesses though yeah like I'll go to a bookstore and buy a book on a street corner if they'll let me do that there you go yeah, that would, yeah that's about all we can get stores. out of it but yeah and then phase two is um, we can get a haircut. And then, then oh. phase three is restaurants and bars, but pre- I'm guessing it's probably going to, there's trying to do more, um, outdoor seating stuff, which can be fun. You know, it'll be more like Miami it's summer. Yeah. Yeah. At least it's summer. Um, to bring us back to non-depressing things. Um, actually this is really depressing because I'm going to ask you <laughs> to, to <laughs> segue into something <laughs> more yeah. depressing. Well, I'm interested to hear, I know that so many, um, you know, like you were saying that the seniors, they didn't get their graduation. They were expecting, where are they in terms of jobs? Because really things started to shut down around audition time. Were any of them able to get their auditions? What's their next step looking like during this time? Super depressing, see? <laughs> well, I, I was worried about the same thing. Um, but w- I was able to do this via Zoom, which I guess is something that they do at the end of every year and students have evaluations. And usually it's uh, faculty members in a room and the students come in and out. And we actually spent like a good eight hours on a Zoom with students just in one. the waiting room and like circulating through. Wait, how and scary though. Think about all the, how it, traumatizing those were. <laughs> well, I think... I mean, this is my first one, so I had nothing to relate it to. Uh And I'm sure that there are some that are very tough, Mm -hmm. but in a way, these graduating seniors were in such a different, like there was a whole portion of the meeting, which is like, where are you? How are you coping? Mm -hmm. What's, what have been your shot? What are your strategies Mm -hmm. to, you know, go through this? And each one had very different approaches, but a lot of them got jobs in Europe or in, and they all said that they had been in touch with their, you know, directors or administration. Everyone said the contracts are going to be, you know, honored. um, honored. Thank you. That's exactly the right word. And it's just a matter of time and when we can get you out here and like travel and visas and all that stuff. But so I was worried about that too. That's good. The first thing you think of is, you know, cuts in that sort of, um, but they all had good news. And even some people who um, weren't sure what they were going to do, just like, it made me realize that I want to come home and I want to be back with my family and I'll figure out, you know, I've been working for four years so hard and I was so consumed with what's next, what's next. And 
I'm just going to be at home and figure it out. And, you know, I don't have to pay rent and I'm just going to, so one of them was going to write music. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone else was like, I didn't know I wanted to do this, but I've been teaching on zoom and I love it. And I have a studio I can teach at at home. So I think different people were mm-hmm. actually in good places considering the circumstances. So Gen Z, they have it together. To- maybe. No, <laughs> one of them is making the most amazing film videos mm-hmm. and, oh, wow. uh, doesn't have film training, Mm -hmm. but ended up, they do these senior showcases where they do solos and Mm -hmm. they ended up doing solos in their, you know, sheltering at home environments with their own iPhones. And then this uh, one kid put it all together and they had all these like uh, interviews. It was just, it was an amazing block of work that wouldn't have been created in a film if it wasn't for this time. So they're, you know, using their tools and yeah. thinking outside the box. And um, I think a lot of us felt like we were looking to them mm-hmm. about what to do. <laughs> and yeah. they had a lot of uh, answers. Mm-hmm. So that was cool to see. Yeah. That's good. That's great. I'm excited to see like where they go and what they do. And I'm so glad you're teaching there. That's so great. What lucky students. That's oh, so nice. I'm, I feel lucky. Mm-hmm. I really do. And it, you know, we, I've been gone for a long time from like feeling a part of a specific family, mm-hmm. you know, leaving right. my, even though I've gotten to work and do wonderful things, like I've, I haven't felt like a part of an institution or part of a group right. of people that is like a constant. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like I've gotten I'm getting to know that about myself that I like feeling a part of something that's like way beyond what I'm doing mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. to just be inspired by not only students but faculty and Damien and it's just been yeah it's been incredible mm-hmm. so awesome. feel lucky well, well we're, we're so, so glad we're so happy for you Patricia <laughs> and we're happy that you came on <laughs> to talk to us. I, I can't so wait great. to see Anytime. all your all your students. I just I like the Juilliard kids are always amazing, but I think with your tutelage that it's going to go even further for all of them. So mm-hmm. thanks, sweet. Patricia. We love you. <laughs> love you. Thank you for joining us this week. If you would like to support the Conversations on Dance podcast, there are a few ways that you can help. Click over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Download episodes when you listen to allow our analytics to better understand our listenership. Join our Facebook group, Conversations on Dance, Friends of the Pod, or you can offer a donation. Conversations on Dance has always been and will always be free to our listeners. You can help us continue to create and produce this unique behind-the-curtain look at the dance world by visiting conversationsondancepod.com support. Thank you for tuning in. See you next week.